Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. It is a privilege to stand before you uh, every Sunday and share from the Word of God. I pray today you'd be encouraged. Uh, I pray it's something that I always pray, I always put together that applies to me. And so I preach to myself many times. I pray that you always so be blessed. The Word of God is living and active, and it will encourage us. And so I just pray today that your heart will be tender and that it would receive the seed of the word of God and it would bring forth much fruit. And we believe that God will do this. Uh, we're uh, in a season that's really special to me as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, I do celebrate every day, but definitely during this time of year. I pray that you'll be reminded when you see the light and all the glitz and the glamour around, I pray that your heart will be directed to the real reason that we celebrate, and that's his name is Jesus Christ. He gave himself, he went voluntarily and gave of himself at Calvary, died for your sins and my sins, and took the sins of the whole world upon his shoulders, that we may know a holy father, and then one day that we'll be forever with him in his presence. And so today, I pray today you be touched in the depths of your being, that God's spirit would touch you right where you are listening here in the congregation, and those who will be viewing this even later, that the anointing of God's spirit would be upon the uh, proclamation of his word, that uh, he would touch you, speak to you, encourage you, and also just continue to direct your lives into his perfect plan and will. So we pray today that that would happen. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we can pray. Thank you today that you're up to great things because you're good and you're great and you're awesome. And Lord, words cannot even describe who you are. But Lord, we'll try. When we say, Lord, how marvelous you are and how wonderful you are, dear God. And Lord, we would not have come up with this plan from eternity past to send our, our, our son here to this earth. And we couldn't pay for our sin anyway. But it's a plan that goes beyond what we can comprehend. That your only begotten son would come into the world, would give his life to take the sins of the world upon him. That we may spend eternity with you that we would have salvation, that we would be saved from our sins and that we one day would be with you. But Lord, that salvation can start a moment that obviously we invite you and ask you to come into our hearts and to be our Lord and our Savior. And I pray today that that would happen through these streams and through any type of communication that you desire, dear God. But dear God, we ask you that you would revive us. You would awaken our hearts to the reality of who you are. And how great you are, Lord. Lord, open your, uh, your spirit. Just pour out your spirit, dear God. That we may see you high and lifted up. That we would uh, encounter you. And as a result of that encounter, Lord, that we would truly be changed. We won't, don't want to say the same. There are too many things that we are saying change our hearts, oh God. But Lord, we know that's what you're about. And today, Father, we ask that you would instill that truth into our hearts that we would be encouraged and that we would turn to you no matter what we're facing in life. May you be glorified and praised in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Title, we're under construction. Everybody know that? <laughs> Actually, Kathy read that earlier uh, about being this road. We're talking about not just 45 that's always been under construction as long as I've been in Houston, <clears throat> but uh, all the other roads that are under construction, we are under construction. We have not arrived yet. And that's what I want to talk about today. Amen. <laughs> but one day we will be glorified 
Until that time, I want to encourage you with some words I believe are directly. Obviously, it is an inerrant, infallible word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God when the Apostle Paul wrote these things in, in, in the Holy Word of God. And so it's Philippians chapter 3, and we'll look at verses 12 through 14. Now remember, Paul, I believe the greatest apostle ever lived. He was a man that gave his heart to the Lord, actually died for Jesus Christ, uh, is the one writing this. The one that suffered a lot of hardship. Um, he was uh, stoned, everything, you name it. Uh, and uh, the devil tried to kill him, and he didn't go anywhere until God was ready for him. And that's true for us today also. So we can read it together. If you ever want to stand during the reading of God's word, that's perfectly okay. Position yourself before the Lord. But we're going to read from the word of God. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. All right. Paul's saying, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but the one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven, heavenward in Christ Jesus, okay? Real simply, Paul is saying, I have not arrived. But the one thing about it, thank you, the one thing about it is, I don't necessarily struggle with the sins that I, I have done in the past, okay? But the sins during as I walk with the Lord every day are the things that challenge me. I know that the sins of the past are, are forgiven because I've asked God to forgive me. And if you ask God to forgive you of your sins in your past, then obviously he has forgiven you. And you have to believe that because this whole walk of with the Lord is a, a walk of faith, of uh, believing what God says. He's forgiven you, okay? And so when the Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, for all have sinned, everybody, and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, okay? We've all sinned, and we know that in our past, but we know that we fall short of the glory of God because we know our weaknesses now. We have not arrived yet. We're under construction. And so there are times that obviously when I struggle with the things in my present Right now, there are times because, see, what God is doing in our lives is making us more like Jesus. <clears throat> and sometimes it's a tough road. It's not easy. The Apostle Paul, he saw miracles, I mean, take place, things that were happening around him. Supernatural miracles happened a lot. But the Apostle Paul also experiences the adversity of life. We know that obviously that there'll be things that we'll go through that we just would rather not have on our plate and yet God is saying today is that I'm working something in your life that you just can't fully understand until we get face to face with Jesus Christ and so the things that I deal with in my present obviously are the things that I deal with I don't know about y'all everybody anybody relate to that I know that it's under the blood I've been forgiven because I've asked God to forgive me okay and I have to believe that certainly because the word of God is true it doesn't change but the things I face with are faced with with a daily on a daily basis because I haven't arrived yet. 
You know, sometimes we say as much as we obviously want to do the things that God wants us to do and and we sort of feel like we're really doing we're right on the right path. And all of a sudden, hey, and then I lose my temper and something happened. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. And you realize, wow, I have not arrived. Or maybe fear comes over you. A lot of fear is being propagated today. I'll again say it. Don't fear what's going on. Okay. Do not open the door to the enemy with fear about what's this Omicron or whatever it's called and all that. God has got you. God's going to bring us through. Obviously, even Tommy and Autumn and those others that are facing these, God's going to bring us through. Okay. God heals us. Okay. And I believe that today. But certainly don't be afraid. Don't open the door to the enemy that he can come in. But we know that obviously fear comes in at various times and we're kind of like, we don't stay there, but we're kind of like smitten by it, so to speak. God is saying today that we haven't arrived yet. There are things that in life that we will face that are just not what we expected. In fact, so many times life does not turn out the way that we think it has turned out, the way it's supposed to be. Or maybe the way we have a preconceived plan in our hearts and lives. We have a vision, here we go, and all of a sudden, bam, that curtain brings that vision down. And God, don't be afraid. Don't, don't get caught up in that because God is saying today, you're still under construction. I'm still working on your life. And so we come up short of the perfection that God has called us to do. And so how do I deal with that? What do you do when you can't live up to your own expectations? Well, you embrace the word of God. The word of God is the standard, okay? And the word of God sets a high bar. But God never calls us to a place of going in that particular position unless he gives us the power to be able to do it, okay? He doesn't do something and then say, hey, you're on your own or you know, I just hope you can make it. He says, I'm working on you. And you got to believe it today that it's my work in your life that these things are coming about. And I know exactly the particular tests and the trials that you'll go through. They're basically tailor made for our lives. He knows what it takes to get Jim Barcliffe to a place that he desires for me to be in my walk with Jesus Christ. He knows me perfectly. He's not somehow thrown off course in the unknown of what the future holds. He knows he's omniscient. He's all knowing. He knows the past, the future. He knows the present. He knows all things. And so you're thinking these things kind of came your way and they were just by accident. No, they didn't. Now, even when the enemy throws them your way, I'm not saying the activity of the enemy, God still knows and he will use those things to bless us and obviously to build us up if we'll allow that to happen in our lives. Can you believe that today? Because if not, the circumstances of life, I don't know about you, but obviously they'll take me down. You're not able to stand. But if you know that God Almighty is your advocate, that he came to be with you through this process to make you more like Jesus, no matter what you face, even in times when you felt like, hey, this was not supposed to be on my agenda, then you know that God can bring you through that. That is obviously the very foundation of what we're talking about here. So we embrace the word of God. You agree with his standards and you want to please him in every way that you that you can. Yet, you come up short. My desire is to please the Lord. And I'm sure every person here that I would ask or survey would say, my desire is to please the Lord. But yet, you come up short many, many times. And I do too also. Why? It's because we, he's not finished with us yet. The wonderful thing is, is he's not finished, finished with us. Remember there when the Apostle Paul, obviously, he was a man that walked really closely with the Lord. God directed his path. He, had, he would use the supernatural power 
as people got saved as a result of that, people got healed and so forth. But remember what he said in Romans chapter 7. He says this, and I find this law that evil is present within me. Obviously, something's pulling me down. The one who wills to do good, but I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. In the core of my being, I not only accept God's rules, but I even delight in his ways. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members here. Now, many theologians or some would say that this is not a Christian, but he says, in my, I believe it is. I believe Paul was saved at this time because he said, in my inward man, a Christian does not have or is not born again. And he's talking about here in my inward man. So he's talking to Christians today who struggle. Sometimes we do the things that we obviously don't want to do. And we look back and, and we go, I don't want to do that. I want to please the Lord. And there's this thing, it's obviously the enemy warring against us doing what is right in God's eyes. We're in a battle. We're not done. And God is using that war to mold you and me into the image of Jesus Christ. It's good, okay? So the Bible goes on to say that we are God's workmanship, actually. He talks about it all over. We are God's workmanship. And it's a glorious thing to be God's workmanship. Isn't that good news today? It's a glorious thing to be under construction. You see, those that are walking around without the Holy Spirit in them, they've never been born again. They've never accepted. They've never given their life to Jesus as their Savior and Lord. They're dead men and dead women walking. They're dead spiritually. And so they don't have that down deep. And so they're not God's workmanship. You and I are actually being called by the Lord out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so he's saying today that down deep, that inward man, we're being transformed. We're something's happening. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs all those things. Okay, Second Corinthians talks about it, chapter 4. And so it's saying here that you and I are winners. <laughs> You're winners. I mean, I can't say it any plainer than that. You and I are winners no matter what's happening in life. Okay, He did not prom promise us a rose garden. He just said, I will be with you. I will never leave you. He doesn't promise these other things because we live in a fallen world and we live amongst fallen people. He is saying, if you're a child of God, you have every right, as I spoke of last week, to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And remember, I made the statement that sometimes you wake up and you can't put your finger on the fact that, hey, I just don't feel like rejoicing. It's not like there are circumstances that are overwhelming, although there may be. But you just don't feel like rejoicing. And yet, Paul is saying rejoice anyway. Rejoice because of who God is in your life. Don't rejoice, obviously, that something's happening to you that is so horrible, that's so hard on you, and it's heart-wrenching. You feel like your heart is being just wrenched and, and like you know, you're wringing a rag out and so forth. It hurts so bad and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, is God is going to take you through this. He's a, you're under construction today. But what happens is, is that we sometimes will cast that, the, throw the towel in on it, and God is saying, don't throw the towel in. Trust me. Trust me that I know you're under construction. If you can remember that when you see your failings, when you see that you stumble and fall, you do things, maybe temper again, whatever comes your way and you feel like, hey, I didn't respond in the way that I thought. That's not an excuse. And yes, there's consequences of sin. Yes, there is. But I'm telling you today, God does not reject you if you're born again and you're a child of God. Amen. 
He doesn't reject you. Thank you, Lord. He accepts you in, into the beloved, okay? And He loves us with a love that we can't even comprehend or come close to. Paul is saying, I'm struggling here, folks. I'm struggling. And Paul struggled will struggle. You know, the life of a Christian, obviously, his uh, yoke is easy and the burden is light. Yes, it is. But he gives us the strength all along the way by because he wants us to learn how to be dependent upon him. We want to end our, that old nature of ours wants so bad to live independent of God. It works all the time. And that that flesh that Paul is talking about here is what that is. We just want to be independent of God. I want to do my own thing. I mean, how, come on. I, I feel like that I know better than God sometimes. Don't you feel like you, you do it? We never say it the way we respond. Then we do, don't we? We don't seek the Lord on these things. We don't ask him what his opinion is on this or how, what he knows. He already knows, not necessarily. I'll say, well, what, you, what do you think about this? Well, he already knows. But I use that, that verbiage to say, what do you think about this, Lord? What do you think? He knows what we go through. Now, this scripture is important because Paul is writing it here. He said, I haven't already obtained it already or been perfected, but I'm pressing on. I've got to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. And he says, I don't count myself to have apprehended it. But the one thing that I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of, of God in Christ Jesus today. He says, those things that are behind, I forget them. Can you forget the past? Are you burdened down by your past? Are you burdened down by the things that you have done in your past and you know somehow through maybe the Word of God or maybe through sermons or, or somebody, you feel like you've been forgiven, but somehow that just keeps hanging on? And it keeps pulling you down. Paul says, forget those things in the past. They're under the blood. And they're forgiven. They're totally washed away. God does not see them. He sees us like he sees Jesus. Not because of who we are, but because of the righteousness of Jesus that he's imputed within us. He sees us that way. Isn't that good news today? Amen. That's why Jesus came. That's why he, he came to earth, born in a manger. Came down from his royalty in heaven. Amen. Came down. He volunteered to do this, folks. And this is the wonderful, precious, indescribable gift of any time. I'm telling you, it's the most precious gift there could ever be because he gives us that gift, the relationship with our Father, our Holy Father, with him, and gives us eternal life. Why wouldn't anybody want to receive that? Why wouldn't anybody want to believe that? I want to tell you today, God is saying, this is what he wants to offer to you. If you're saved, then you're saved and you're secure in his love. But I'm not talking about yes. OK, but let's take this further. Where his rubber, his the road is in the present time and saying, well, I believe God, I believe I've turned my life over to him, but I'm not acting the way I feel like I should act. OK. And God's not. He's in the business of getting you right, getting me right, getting those things out of my life. that are not like him. That's his business. That's what he loves to do. And I've got to forget that in the past, though. The Bible says in Lamentations, he says his mercies are new every morning. Great is our faithfulness. And great is our faithfulness. We sing that song. Great is our faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. Man, I need his mercies every day. I don't know about you. <laughs> I get up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you for your mercy today. Because I need your mercy. Man, I really blew it here yesterday. But I need your mercies today. 
He's saying today, we're under construction. I'm getting us. He's getting us right. He's doing something in your life. You never understand it, even if he showed it to you. But it's a glorious thing to be God's workmanship. Trust me, always remember that, too. And that's a powerful statement. Now, what do you do with the gap between what is and what ought to be? What is and what ought to be? First of all, let me share with you a few things that we must not do. First of all, don't lower God's standards to meet where you are. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you've got something in your life today and God's convicted you of it, don't come to God and say, well, you understand God, you know, uh, you know me and you understand this and all that. I, I kind of like this down here and so forth. No, what God is doing is working to change that habit, addiction or particular things, sin that may be in your life. He's looking, don't bring God's word down to where you are. God's word's here, but he gives us the power to be able to do it. OK, doesn't ever give us anything that he doesn't give us the power to be able to obtain here. Obviously, you know. The standard of God's word needs to be held up, even if we are at times coming short of it. We know that. OK, everybody knows that you read. Just read a little bit of the scripture. But Paul said, I press towards a goal. He said, I'm not there yet, but at least I know where I'm going. Everybody know where they're going in here today? Amen. <laughs> at least I know where I'm going. I press on. I forget that in the past. I messed up. I've made mistakes. Obviously, all of us have or we wouldn't have need, needed Jesus and he never would have sent Jesus into the world. But I forget that stuff and I press in to the, the here and now here. I know where I'm going. How about you? You know where your destination is. You know where the final <laughs> where you step off of that heavenly bus. OK, is or train, whatever. OK, it's going to be in heaven if you're saved here today. I know my destiny I know where I'm going. And God wants every person to know his destiny. If you're here and you're not certain of that, or you're watching this today and you're not certain of that, God wants you to have that surety, to know that you know today. If there's uncertainty, get it right today. This is a good time of the year to be able to come and say, Lord, I lay my life before you. I want to know for sure that I'm a child of God. I don't want anybody leaving this place today that maybe the the conviction of the Holy Spirit has knocked on your heart's door and, and basically said, I don't know really for sure. I believe in God, but I'm not sure about this Jesus stuff. I'm not sure today if Jesus is the only way to God Almighty. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. If you're not sure today, don't leave if you feel God's conviction, not because of me, but because there's something happening in your heart, your innermost being, and saying, when I die, I want to make sure that where I'm going, that I'm going to heaven. How many people in hospice, the family would come to me and say, Jim, I'm not sure if dad's saved. I'm not sure. <clears throat> and I said, well, you know, he's unresponsive at this point. And I said, but I know what I can do. I can talk to him because I know with certainty that the person hears, even at that time. And I'd go over the bedside, even with that person being unresponsive, and I would talk to him about Jesus. And one of the things that I would say is when Jesus comes, take him by the hand. Put your full faith and trust in him, just like I would talk to you today and talk to those viewing this today. I'd tell him, make sure, take him by the hand and know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And I believe even possibly there were some things that happened at the end. I don't know for sure. That's only God knows. But I do know that certain things that I believe God laid on my heart, possibly that some activity of God's spirit during that particular time took place. Don't leave this earth without Jesus. 
He's here. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're a failure. You're done. There's no way God will accept you. Don't leave. Don't leave this place. Don't stop watching without God touching your heart. And letting you know for sure that Jesus loves you. Don't ever. We don't know what the next moment is. You know, the things that are happening today in this country alone that you see on the news, they're happening in a split second. And people did not know they were going to go out into eternity in that particular day. Those, those kids up there in Michigan that took place, I tell you, it just touched my heart because I don't know if they were saved. I don't know if they, they knew you know, who Jesus was. They'd never, never been talked to about Jesus Christ. But they went out into eternity without Jesus. Maybe without Jesus. I pray all of them have been, were saved. I don't know, but I pray every one of them were saved when they went out. But they didn't know that this would be the last day on earth. You do not know. There are things happening today. And they always happen. But I just want to tell you, heads, God touches your heart. Don't wait. Some people say, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait until really I get in a dire position. Don't wait. Don't wait. You don't know when God will call you. You don't know when that time will come. Obviously, we obviously live God's word. We can't on our own. But with God's spirit, we can. You know, a story I use many times of a pastor. And he was pacing the floor one night because he was really tr struggling with some things in his life. His name was Bob Mumford. And he was struggling back and talking to the Lord about it. He said, Lord, I don't know what to, go, what to do. And I'm not sure what, what's going on. And Lord, I, I need my life to come before you and so forth. And many other things he was telling the Lord. And he heard the Lord say, he says, Mumford, you and I are incompatible. And I don't change. Well, guess who's got to change? We do. And that's what God does in my heart, your heart. But this is God's business. This is God working. God is saying today that this is what he loves to do. He obviously, our workmanship, he's, we're in his hands. It's like the potter. You know, he puts that piece of clay on the wheel, slaps it down there, and then begins to turn it. And, and then the, the potter begins to form that piece of clay. And, and begins to form it and mold it and all into what he desires. You see, he is the potter. We're the clay. He's molding us each and every day. Many times through some real adverse circumstances that I would prefer not to have. And I can pray against it and you and I need to. But when they're there, just know with certainty that God is working. And he always works on behalf of his children. Always, certainly. The second thing is we must not turn inward with self-loathing some people hate themselves and some people will say that i hate myself i should have never been born that's not of the lord that's demonic do not do that that's self-loathing god is saying you're here for a purpose you see many people believe that people even when when maybe things happen and and uh wasn't exactly the way that society was saying that it should and so forth you think i'm an accident <laughs> you've ever heard them say it you know you've heard people say man this one was an accident and i understand what they're saying but be careful about that because nothing in god's eyes is an accident when obviously the the sperm and the egg get in together and come together and that's when life starts folks today and there's a major thing going on in the supreme court pray for our justices 
about abortion, that's when life begins today. But those two, when the sperm comes together with the egg, it's not an accident that that child comes forth and is birthed from the mother's womb. That is not an accident. That is God's plan. You don't get pregnant without God's permission or God doing something through it all, okay? This all of a sudden, I got pregnant, I'm an accident and so forth. No, life comes from the Lord. And he's saying today, just realize this stuff has not happened. We have a Heavenly Father. He is the orchestrator of things. He allows certain things to happen, but He also moves things. He's moving things today in the position that He wants. It's happened exactly the way the Word of God says it. That's why we read the Word and we go, wow. And we want to line up with God's Word. We don't want God's Word to line up with us. My life is a mess, okay? But we line up with God's Word and He, he works in my heart and your life. But don't self-loathe. Don't. You're somebody special. I want to tell you today, everybody in here, listen up. You're somebody special. You're somebody special. You're somebody special. Amen. That's not just a preacher talking, okay? That's the Word of God. Now, that's good news, isn't it? You're somebody special. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The third thing here is we've got not, obviously, we can't try to make it happen with sheer will, tenacity and willpower. It has to be Obviously, by the Spirit of the Lord. The important thing is, obviously, it was in Paul was the life of Jesus was operating in him. And so it's the influence of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. Now, I want to make this simple because the Word of God is not complicated. Okay. I remember I was sitting in seminary one time and, you know, it was about uh, 40 people in there. And these guys are really smart. Okay. Here I was. I was coming in there amongst a bunch of people that, I mean, they knew the Bible backwards and forwards. And I mean, they uh, they just, they knew theology and all this kind of stuff. And I always thought, hey, Lord, what am I doing in this that place here? And it was at night. So I had a lot of coffee to keep me awake. Okay. And when we were getting into some discussions about the book of Romans, and thank God, I believe that was divinely ordained by the Lord that I started in the book of Romans. If you want to start in the book of Romans, read it, ask God to speak to you. And just study it, just meditate on it and read it and all so forth. God's Spirit will speak to you because it's foundational as far as who Jesus is, okay? You can read any of the Bible, read the Word. But I needed Romans, and so God did. And I remember we were getting into some real complicated things. And obviously, it was I felt like that we were making it a lot more difficult than what it was or should have been, okay? Y'all ever been in a place like that? You're going, man, this is way over my head. Can we make this a little simpler here? Because I believe that actually the teaching here could be made a lot simpler than what it is. And so I raised my hand and the professor, he, he said, yes, Jim. He, I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful here to anybody here or you, but he says, aren't we making this thing a lot more complicated than what it is? Everybody got real still, real silent. Like, yeah. See, the gospel is not complicated. It's not complex. You know, yes, God works. And our God, he's a marvelous God. <clears throat> but he makes it real simple. That what? A little child can understand. A little child can listen to a Sunday school teacher. Or listen to a preacher preaching a message. that You'd never think that they would understand. And God's spirit can translate it into their hearts. You see, That's what the word of God does, you see. But actually what it is, believing that God is who he says he is and that he is rewarder of those who obviously uh, just chase after him, okay? 
So, the solution is the influence of the Holy Spirit. I always ask the Lord, Lord, I want your influence. What do I think about? Because what, what's on your mind most of the time, what the way, really, the way you act and the way you'll respond. So keep the Lord on your mind. Let me read this scripture in Joshua 24, 15. Remember what was happening? Joshua was, uh, was the man that God was using to lead the Israelites after Moses had gone home. And he says this, and y'all know this particular scripture. And Joshua was speaking, but, and inspired by God's spirit. But if serving the Lord seemed desi- undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land that we're living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Is that your declaration today? He says, if you want to serve these other gods, and you go, yeah, but they were gods, you know, they were kind of made, uh, made gods at that particular time. We have a lot of gods here today. All the things around us that obviously distract us from God Almighty himself is a God. They're idols, okay? And so he said, if if it seems right to you to serve these gods, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But I'm going to tell you where I stand. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Now, you can proclaim this audibly out loud in your house, okay? And just go ahead and say it. And walk through your house and say, I, as for me and my house, I and we will serve the Lord. And you make that declaration on a regular basis because I want to tell you today, if not, we'll wind up serving something else, won't we? It's easy to slip into that. Serving something else. Joshua knew what it took. And that was, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do it. I make that declaration. We will serve him. And obviously, we'll make our abode with him. That's what Joshua is saying. Jesus is saying, John 15, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You believe it. Nothing, actually, of any spiritual significance. You can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. You've got to, what that means is you've got to be close to Jesus. How do you do that? You've come to church today. That is a good step to uh, do that. Those viewing this, that is a good step in actually abiding in the Lord. Prayer is good. Abiding in Him. Opening the Word of God. It may not be that you read a lot. Just take a scripture and read it. Just think about it. Kind of ponder it. You know, meditate on it. You know, and chew on it. And just let God speak to you. But that's abiding in Him. Drawing close to Him. What does it mean? It means that you, right now, make a declaration and say, and as far as me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. As far as me and my house, that I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Now, if you don't do this, more than likely, you'll be pulled every which way away from God because the enemy and the busyness of this world and the things that are happening around us today will pull you away from that relationship and that certainly that intimacy that God wants you to have with Him. It's real easy. We have to make a choice. What are we going to do? But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so that's one of the ways that we can obviously go through this. You see, A branch gets its life from the vine. It's connection with the Lord. Obviously, the prayer time and so forth, believers and stirs our faith. So 
What should we do about the disparity we see in our own behavior? And I desire to do what is right 100%, but yet I don't always do it, right? Well, recognize that you're a work in progress. Recognize it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get into self-loathing. Don't try to lower the standard of God's word. Just let God work to bring you to the place that he wants you to come by his spirit's power, okay? You all know this story. I've read it and to you many times here, um, certainly. Um, Paul is talking about the struggles that he experienced in ministry, feeling the pressures and persecution and hardship from various directions. Stone, shipwrecked. At one time, they even had uh, the secret, secretly let him down from a window in a basket so he could get away. It was a very humbling experience, obviously. And this man, full of the Holy Spirit, certainly was full of God. And yet these things happened to him. The same things with us. We have to keep in mind that we count it all joy that the book of James talks about. Count it all joy when you come under this adversity. Now you say, Jim, are you crazy? <laughs> count it all joy when we face this adversity like this, according to the word of God, yes because he's doing something in our lives. The pressures are forming and it's molding us. So no matter what you go through in life, remember that it's like this story that I like to read. It's account of a man who had found a cocoon on a twig that had fallen beside the road. He loved butterflies, so he decided to take it home and put it in a mason jar so he could watch it emerge as a butterfly. Sure enough, a few days later, he watched as a cocoon moved ever so slightly. And after a while, it was trembling with activity, but it remained tightly glued to the twig, and there was no sign of the wings. Finally, the shaking became so intense that the man thought it would die from the struggle. And so he removed the lid on the jar, jar took a sharp knife, and carefully made a tiny slit in the side of the cocoon. Almost immediately, one wing appeared, and then the other. The butterfly was free. It walked along the edge of the mason jar and then along the edge of the mantle, but it didn't fly. At first, the man thought the wings just needed time to dry. The time passed and the butterfly didn't take off. And the man called a neighbor who taught high school science to see what he should do next. He told him that the story of how he had found the cocoon and brought it home and the terrible trembling as the butterfly struggled to get out. And he told him how he carefully made a small slit in the cocoon. And at that point, the neighbor stopped him and said, that's the problem. The struggle is what gives the butterfly the strength to fly. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I'm going, whoa. Okay. Because it's in that struggle, you see. The Bible says that we are these treasures of God in here. And there's a struggle that's going on. There's a struggle throughout life as we go through life, that is tough. But the whole Bible was pointing towards that. I love the miracles of God. I love to see the glory of God. I love to bask in God's presence. I love that stuff. But when, when the going gets tough and it doesn't seem like anything's happening, how am I going to respond? Am I going to take that spiritual knife and kind of split it, do something to kind of break out of God's will because I think I can know and do it better? You see, that's what happens when we do that. If you're sitting here today and you feel like, oh boy, Jim, I want to know the Lord. But I don't feel like anything at all is happening. Trust me, it is. Not because of who you are, because see, it's not about us. It's about God. 
It's all about him. All glory and honor will go to him. None of my stuff. Not at all, certainly here. But what did Paul say? He said, I forget the things behind. But what does he do? Does he give up? And kind of become lethargic and just say, well, you didn't answer my prayers, God, the way I thought you should answer it. My loved one passed. And obviously, um, I'm really hurt by that and so forth. Nothing wrong. Yes, grief is real. But what did Paul do? He says, but I press on. Not that I've already obtained it. I'm already perfected, but I press on. To lay hold of that which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. I count myself. I didn't. I haven't arrived. But what I do, I press in. In Hebrews it said, don't draw back because God won't be pleased. But he says, press in. What does that mean? That means don't give up. Be encouraged today. Don't give up. Don't give up if your prayers don't seem to be answered. Don't give up. Keep praying. Sometimes your answered prayer comes in increments. Comes in small things. You don't give up. We are studying a couple prayers in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. And we pray it and pray it because our inner man, our spiritual man here, it says out of our bellies will flow streams of living water. Maybe it's centered here in the center of our being where the Spirit of God lives within us, lives within our spirit, man. And you're born again when the Spirit of God comes in your life and, and takes up residence in your spirit, man. And so I, in that particular, we, we need our inner man strengthened, in other words. And those two prayers are praying that. So if you pray, Lord, there are two prayers, one in Ephesians chapter 1, remember Ephesians chapter 3. Pray those two prayers on a regular basis. And yet, fireworks may not go off after you pray that prayer. But incrementally, something has happened because it's important that your inner man, the innermost being, is strengthened with all power. That will know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. See, we know up here Jesus loves me. This I know. I've sang it since I was a little boy in Sunday school. But do I know it down here? Do I pray that on a regular basis? Keep pressing in. Don't give up. You see, remember when Jesus was going about the countryside, the story there in John, the book of John, St. John, and they, he had a lot of followers. He, was, he had a lot of people coming. He had a church house full. Okay, think about this church being full. And it was a full church house. Remember here, uh, he began to talk about, you've got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Remember that story? And, you know, I could see myself standing up here and people fill this place. And I start talking about that. But you've got to eat of the flesh of Jesus and, and drink of his blood. He's not talking about literally. He's talking about spiritually here. But remember what the Bible says, that many of them left him at that point. And remember, he looked at Peter and he said, you're going to leave also? And Peter said, where are we going? We ain't got anywhere else to go. Have you ever felt like that? Your back was up against the wall? You felt like everything is coming against you and that it, nothing was going your way? You feel like God was not in distant way out there on some distant planet or wherever he might be? Have you ever felt like that? And yet you said, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? He's my only hope. He's my only answer. He's looking at us to see if we'll come to that place. Don't give up. Old preacher said, if you don't give up, God will show up. Don't give up. So you may be here today and you feel like my life is just not what I know God would want it to be. I think there's more. And I feel like I'm treading mortar right now. I feel like that I'm really feel like, hey, I'm about ready to go under. 
you know, either you have been under attack or you are under attack or you will be under attack. Okay, but it's certainty. Because as a child of God, obviously there's a battle going on. And the enemy doesn't want you to know Jesus at all. He didn't want you to come to Jesus, but he doesn't want you to walk in the depth of his love either. He doesn't want that at all. And so he'll hit those points in your weaknesses in your life, my life, and he'll begin to push those buttons. And yet God is saying, don't give up. He said, don't give up. He said, this work's not completed. When I take my last breath, I'll be glorified then. Then it will be finished. Not until then. I don't know about you, but God's word is encouraging in that manner because I know that when I failed many times, remember? Abraham, he lied about his wife, Sarah. He lied. David committed adultery. He lied. He lied. And David actually wanted to count the men, which was sin also. David was not a perfect man, but he was a man after God's own heart. And so he kept on. He never got, gave up because why? It's okay to be a work in progress. It's okay to be under construction. It's okay to be who you are. God made you the way you are. Your personality. Everything about you today. I try to primp and do everything else. You know, obviously Ricky was talking about my haircut. Obviously, I, I noticed his haircut. And he said, well, you've got one also. Okay, right? He goes, you always have a haircut. I said, yeah, because I don't have much left. Well, he made me the way I was. Didn't he, Ricky? <laughs> oh, I'm teasing. Thank you, Lord. He made us. He loves us. With a love we can't even get close to. You think about the sacrifice. That God always had in mind. Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. God already had this plan in place. That he would send his only begotten son into the world. To give his life for your sins and my sins. That's the greatest gift that we could ever have. Keep your eyes on the goal. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. He says in 1 John 3, Beloved, now we're children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Isn't that good news? This is a promise that you can claim. It ain't what I think, but when I see Jesus, it's going to be revealed. Hallelujah. Pride is something God hates, certainly. But confidence is something that we need to walk in with the Lord. And there's a difference there. Because confidence is in God. He didn't make a mistake when He created you, when you were born. He didn't make a mistake. He knew exactly when you would be born from way back then. He knew that Jim Barcliffe would be born in the year of, and I'm not going to tell you that year, then you know how old I was. You probably already guessed it. No need to try to hide it from you. I know that I don't look my age and so forth. Okay? <laughs> but he knew when I was going to be born. He knew. He's already got it mapped out. It's just a matter of getting in line with what he's doing. And what he's up to. He didn't make a mistake when he made me. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. You see. 
It's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we'll know that when he is revealed. We will know then, won't we? The message translation says, what marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called the children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. They're not born alive. They're no longer, they're dead people walking because they don't have the spirit of God. Now, I don't boast in that at all because humbly God saved me not because of anything I did, but by his grace and his mercy, okay? But what it means is when I reflect upon that, it prompts me and motivates me to want to share my faith and tell other people the good news. It's okay to be under construction. It's more than okay. As a human, we were created in the image of God. You were designed to reflect his glory. Sins interfered with that intent, but God has a perfect remedy for that problem. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good, folks. One day, we'll reach our destination. And I just want to, again, if you need prayer, today may be that day. I really feel a sense of urgency here to, about this. If you're not certain that you're saved, talk to me. And anyway, I'll pray. We'll, work, we'll walk, work through it. This is not my work. It's the Holy Spirit's work. But if you feel something's happening in your heart this day, then get it right. Don't wait. Make sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That it's not just some religious thing you've done over your lifetime. And it's not the church. And it's nothing that you can do in your works to be able to obtain salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of the Lord here. Thank you, Lord. I'd like you just bow your heads with me here, please. A pastor that I know, he uses this, so I'm copying him on this. But I feel, I feel this God's leading me to ask you this. Where you are today, what is God's Spirit saying to you right now? What is God's Spirit saying to you right now? And whatever He is saying to you right now, then just be obedient to whatever He's telling you right now. It's not me. It's just, I'm just a tool, an instrument. But God's Spirit, He's saying something to you today. And be obedient, whatever it may be. Because see, I know He's speaking. Y'all do too. But whatever it is, if it's something that you can share, you can share it. Certainly, if it's something between you and the Lord, then go before the Lord. That's something between you and Him. But go ahead and take care of it. God is speaking. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. And yes, Lord, we're under construction. Yes, Lord, we are forgetting those things in the past 
We come asking you to forgive us, but Lord, we forget those things and we press in to the things right now that you're calling us to do heavenly. We know, Lord, we're not sure what we'll be like, but we know we'll be like him when he's revealed. And so, Lord, today, do business in the lives of your children. Make yourself known in a more personal way than you ever have before because we know that your spirit is moving and we believe you, Lord. And Lord, we don't want in any way to miss this moment. This moment right now is special. And so, Lord, we right now bring these things to you. You know, Lord, you know. Give you all of the burdens. All of the things that we're dealing with, we bring to you, Lord. We ask you to break it off of us. Remove them. Take that spiritual scalpel and cut it out. Remove it, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here today. Oh, God, do a work in all of our lives, my life, in this church to bring about awakening. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your attention. Pray you encouraged today. Amen. Everybody's got a good report. Amen. Got a good report. No matter what's happening, God is going to reveal himself and show himself because he is mighty and he's strong. Amen. He's good all the time. We love him. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I got the best church in the whole world. Amen. Come on. <laughs>